Итак, неизменным эпиграфом к исследованию The unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So that we, as the participants of the body of Christ, would share together with Christ all the things that are to be fulfilled that are written about him in scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the word of God and with the Holy Spirit, revealing the truth in the heart, looking at what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness Ephesians 4:22 through 24 this is a calling of every saint of every holy person so that he can achieve his salvation. A child of God that has received salvation as a guarantee and does not understand that his calling is to put off his former way of life, be renewed by the spirit of his mind, and put on the new man, will lose his salvation. To fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three vital charging and fundamental acts and these are to put off be renewed and put on there are three steps three acts actions to make and so we've noted that it is specifically your decision regarding these three destiny affecting acts to put off be renewed and put on that will determine whether you transform yourself into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath more specifically will the realization of our salvation come to pass that is given to us in the format of a guarantee or will we lose it forever and the result will then be our names being blotted out of the book of life in a specific format we've already looked and studied the first two questions and have been studying the third question. What condition do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Everything that God does with man in the plan of his salvation, he does it by using his renewed mind. If our mind is not renewed, then we will not be able to understand anything, do anything, and will not be able to progress in our calling and in God. Relevant to this, we already looked at a series of parables and events. We became familiar with the condition that we need to fulfill in order to, by the name of God, El Elyon, or God Most High, to destroy the stronghold of death in our body in the form of reigning in its sin, identifying the essence of our old person with his deeds, so that we can forever thrust him out from our body into hell with noise, and afterwards erect the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of eternal life, in the place of the stronghold of death within our body, and stop to study the next condition. 
This condition consists in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit, with the right that He alone has, reveals the condition based upon which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High. And this condition is that in the circumstances of our hardship in life, when we are putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our heart, stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus. This is, as I've said many times and previously had said, the most difficult time in a holy person's life, casting off the old man. At this time, he will experience himself in hell because hell will never be, a, be resisting, will be resisting him as much as it will when he will be casting off this old person that represents hell within his body. Until this time, he was silent and he plays along to the man of the flesh, to his religious actions, his ambitions, and he thinks everything's fine, not even thinking a person thinks everything's fine, not even thinking that it is the old man supporting this and that it is hell that gives him energy to evangelize, to preach, to sing, to pray, and even wither out his body if necessary. But as soon as he receives a revelation about being freed from this old person and he starts, he begins the steps to do this, this is where battle really begins from being a helper, he then transforms into the worst of enemy. And so we've noted that this allegory is one of, and this story is one of the most voluminous symbols. We see uh, here the collaboration of our renewed mind in the form of King David and the name of God Most High, and also the confrontation of our renewed mind with our carnal mind as King Saul, together with reigning sin, with the old person with his deeds, three kings again within one body. This is that contradiction that the children of God will experience. I want to do good, but I can't. I do evil, but don't want to do it, but I do it anyway. If I don't want to and I do it, then what is this? because it is by the means of the confession of the faith of our heart stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, what God has done in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. God receives the required basis or grounds to join the battle for our earthly bodies in order to shame the old person by the power of his redemption and forever cast him out into hell <coughs> with noise. But before this happens, a child of God is called to bind this reigning sin as this old person and remove him from the throne, take power from him and bind him into a prison within your own body. You need to create this prison and bind him in there, just as God will bind in his time Satan for a thousand years. We need to bind our old person within our body. 
until the time comes that God has put into his own control to remove him, eliminate him from our body into hell. But until this time, we will thank God and glorify him because we by faith already have cast him into hell and are carriers of the heavenly body. In character, the Psalm of David contains three parts where we see an example of the character of legitimate prayer. Everything that God does with us, he does by the means of the prayer of faith. And so it is very important to correctly pray. Prayer needs to be a prayer of faith. Faith is the truth, the elementary principles, teaching of Christ that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart. The opened up by the Holy Spirit truth and this revelation, this is what we begin to confess with our mouth. This is the prayer of faith when we pray with faith. The first part identifies the condition or state of David's heart as a warrior in prayer. This condition of his heart was grounds for his legit status of prayer. The second part reveals the consistency of legit prayer, which gave God the basis to deliver David from the hand of all of his enemies. The third part describes the prayer battle itself, which surpasses the comprehension of the simple human mind. In a specific format, we've already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer contained in the eight names of God Most High. Why eight names? Because David, in the given, in the given prayer, in the given psalm, uh, speaks of a covenant with God. In order to make a covenant with God, it's sufficient to have eight names. If you need to use other names, there are 50 as a total, as a whole. God, or David in this situation, uses them in other psalms. But in this psalm, there were eight. All of the names of God are one within the other in a very surprising balance. And if we will understand our lot in these eight names of God most high, this will be sufficient to achieve our salvation. Getting to know and confessing the power contained in the heart of David in the eight following names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised to be saved from his enemies. And for God, discovering the truth, revealing the power of his names in the heart of David, provided God legit grounds to use his abilities that consist in these eight names to battle against the enemies of David. He confessed these eight names with his mouth. The names that were imprinted upon the tablets of his heart, and he knew the lot that was within every one of these names. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my strength in whom I will trust. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is the horn of my salvation. And the Lord is my stronghold. You know, when I begin to pray or meditate about God, when I confess these names, and when I state them with a 
deep conviction within myself and I re uh, rejoice, joyously confess them. Lord, you are my strength, you are my fortress, you are my deliverer, you are my shield, you are my stronghold, you are the strength in whom I will trust. I provide the Holy Spirit proper grounds to use these names in my life, apply them in my life, and I trust you are doing the same thing. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already looked at our inherited lot in the power of two names of God, strength and rock, and stopped to look at the lot contained in the power of the name of God, fortress. We note that the nature of prayer where David confesses his lot in the eight existing names of God Most High is the strategic teaching that is purposed to be the calling and mantle of a king, a priest, and a prophet anointed to rule over their earthly body. And if a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to rule over his calling, because anointing is God's authority, God's power to rule over his calling in the form of his earthly body, in the status of a king, a priest, and a prophet, then his revelation, purposed for worshiping God in prayer, will not benefit him. In the beginning, you need to first cloak yourself into the virtue of a king, a priest, and a prophet. Therefore, the quality in Lexus identifying the name of God Fortress that has become the subject of our study is not able to be found in any existing dictionaries of the world. <clears throat> in the given prayer psalm of David, the word fortress is used as one of the names of God in which is concealed the inherited lot of the Son of Man because he alone has the right and power to approach God. And we have this right to approach God because of Jesus Christ in him and through him. In, who, in him and through him, a person is able to run to God in order to know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, containing a program and a time of fulfillment of all of the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God, Fortress, is identified in Scripture as the dwelling place of God, God's home, the sanctuary of God, the unapproachable light in which God, in which God dwells, the place where a person gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, the success of God, the joy of God, the hope of God, and the trust of God. Practically, the lot in the name of God Fortress is a place where God abides and within the boundaries of which we are able to know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. As we talked about, not every person has the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven if his spirit when we're talking about his spirit, it needs to have the ab ability to conceive. He needs to have the ability to receive seed. It's just like a bag with grain, but a bag with grain 
will not grow. The grain will not grow. You need a good soil of the heart for it to grow. An infant in Christ does not have good soil of the heart, so he is not able to understand these things. He considers this as foolishness and does not receive it. He does not value it. And so what we are in awe of, amazed of, that we value, <coughs> they forsake and they make fun of. And they consider us not just foolish, but also heretic. And so this is their right. Our right is to rejoice in what we have and hold fast to the things we have. We know that that the placement of this fortress is located in three unique realms. And these are the heights of the heavens in the sanctuary, which is the body of Christ, and the heart of a man, one who has a humble and contrite spirit, one that trembles before the preached word of God, hearing it from the mouth of the person who is clothed into the power of a father from God. A person that is cloaked into the power or authority of a father from God possesses the seed. Everybody else, all people who have other gifts, do not have the seed but are able to take of the seed and water it. But they also for themselves are a father. You'll say, well, how is this? Because you with your mouth need to confess that word that you receive. And when you confess it, then your mouth becomes authority. The heard word is then you are conceived by these words. When you say it may be according to your word, you hear this promise and that it belongs to you and that it can happen here on earth. And what you need to do, you say, Lord, may it be according to your word. <clears throat> and at this time when you say this you fulfill the male function but when you receive the word you fulfill the female function because in Jesus Christ there is no male or female gender Studying the consistency of the lot that is contained in the name of God fortress, we need to not forget one indisputable thing, and that is that God can be our fortress only upon one condition, and that is if our heart will be his fortress. You need to make your heart a fortress for God. You need to do something to make it happen so that our heart would be a place of rest, peace for God, where he can lay his head and rest. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And so he says, when he said these things, he says, in your essence you have foxes, uh, you have holes for foxes and nests for birds. In other words, you cannot follow me because you the foxes, they have holes and birds have nests. A person does not acknowledge the word of God. The, the final authority for himself, his final authority is prophecies that he hears. And so God said to the one, he says, your sins are like the foxes to the ruin. 
And so he, God had asked, how long will you have these evil thoughts? Evil thoughts are people who attempt to interpret the scriptures, the truth, and try to build strongholds in themselves, uh, interpretations that are their own. And when he hears the truth, he cannot accept it because he has nests, strongholds that he built for himself that first need to be destroyed. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. This is not fitting in the religious mind. How is it? My mom and dad, I need to not consider them anymore, consider them dead to myself? Yes, if your mother and father do not acknowledge the truth, reject it, you need to die, you need to die for them because they are dead to God. And that's why Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid, <clears throat> bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Luke 9, 57 through 62. He said, let me go and bid them farewell. <clears throat> Maybe we'll meet periodically. There's nothing wrong with it. Not even my mother or father, but just people that were with us, that received the truth, but then stomped upon it. And hate and are jealous and leave. And then leaving, suddenly they have uh, some, as they call, love that weakens in them. If you would have loved, you would not have left. According to the words of Jesus, in order to become a partaker of the inherited lot contained in the name of God, fortress, we need to satisfy three conditions. First, our heart is called to become a fortress for Jesus, in which Jesus would be able to lay his head. And for this to happen, it is necessary for our heart not to have holes for foxes or nests for birds. Second, it is necessary to allow the dead to bury their own dead. These represent that category of parents that being Christian people have rejected the offer to them truth in the form of the preached word spoken by God's delegated one and refused to pay the price to be a student of Jesus. Third, by following Jesus into the fortress of his heavenly Father, it is necessary not to look back or focus your eyes or your attention upon your nation, the house of your father, or upon your corrupt desires, <clears throat> so that you not be like the wife of Lot. The consistency of the Lot contained in the name of God Most High in the virtue and purpose of fortress as the house of prayer is for us a strategic teaching purpose for performing prayer, providing God proper grounds to enter our life or into our heart in order to fulfill his hunger and his thirst. The consistency of the lot contained in the name of God Most High in the virtue and purpose of fortress 
is one of the most important and necessary disciplines of the truth called to participate in our salvation as well as our coming to power over our calling, which is to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. Therefore, our lot in the name of God fortress becomes one of the primary goals that all of the redemption of God is focused on and that on your list of priorities is to be placed above all secondary good works and goals. We conclude that our inherited lot in the name of God fortress is a place that independent from circumstances and time we are called to run in order to receive grace for needed help in order to get to know God and abide within God and be fertilized by the seed of the truth in order to grow the fruits of the spirit therefore it is necessary for us to study and determine in what way and upon what conditions we're able to enter into the presence of God so that he can be our fortress where we can get to know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven within our spirit so that we can grow from it the trees of life. Their nobles shall come from among them and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near and he shall approach me. For who is he who pledges his heart to approach me? Says the Lord, you shall be my people and I will be your God. Jeremiah 30, 21, 22. <clears throat> it is necessary for us to receive the governor that he has brought forth from the midst of his nation and receiving this governor we become God's nation and he becomes our God in Jesus Christ that has rose from the chosen by God nation. The verb to approach God as to your fortress contains the opportunity giving the person the ability to be fertilized with the seeds of the promise that belong to the door of his hope in the fruits of which God receives proper grounds to join the battle for our earthly bodies in order to destroy the stronghold of death within our body. And with noise forever thrust him out from within our body, this old person, whose stronghold and armor is the stronghold of death upon which he relies and trusts. What does the old person rely upon in the body? He relies upon the law of God. The law of God gives him power. The law gives power to sin. If there was no sin, then the law of God would be the stronghold of life within our body. But because the old person exists, the law of God becomes a stronghold of sin and death in the situation that is unfortunate. The devil is not the law of sin and death. The stronghold of sin and death is his armor. <clears throat> and we need to do what? As Jesus says, when the stronger one enters into the house, he does what first? He takes his armor from him. And with this armor, he then destroys the other possessions of this strong one. And so just as David had taken the sword of Goliath, that Goliath relied upon, he as you know, removed his head with his own sword. In Hebrew, the phrase to run to God means to approach the altar, draw near to God, enter into the sanctuary of God, get closer to God, run to God's help, find yourself in the fortress of God, be able to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, grow fruit of the spirit. And so again, to approach God, we then receive the ability to get to know God, 
and God receives the ability to get to know us. Due to such a list of definitions, the lot and name of God fortress contains various meanings and independence of the circumstances and time has multiple meanings and is multi-angled. First, the name of God is fortress abiding within our heart is called to be the legitimate level of a relationship with God, where a person receives the ability to get to know God and God receives the proper basis or foundation to get to know a man. Second, the name of God as fortress abiding within our heart is called to provide us the ability to receive the seed of promise that God has ordained from time of old, but that we, due to specific reasons, have not yet been able to receive. As we've talked about previously, because of our spiritual growth in our new person, the reproductive function has not yet been formed, giving us the ability to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. We have a sister, but yet she's still young. What are we going to do with our sister when they come and ask for her? And then the other sister speaks. I am a wall, and my breasts like towers. I will be in his eyes as one who has found peace. I'm able to conceive the seeds of the kingdom and be conce conceive and receive the seeds of the kingdom of heaven because I have the Urim and the Thummim. These are the two towers, the Urim and the Thummim. The, the name of God fortress abiding within our heart is called to incorporate the participation and power of God into all aspects of our life to give us the opportunity and the ability to approach God and by doing so be fertilized by the seeds of all the truth so that as a result then in the name of God deliver we can bear fruits of the spirit able to clothe us into the virtue of his light in order to destroy the stronghold of death within our body and with noise thrust him out the old person into hell. Therefore, every time when God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows a person to run to or to approach him, then in result of such closeness or contact, we will always have a corresponding or suitable fruit in that aspect in which we are allowed to approach or to run to God. Therefore, it is us in every individual aspect of our essence that are responsible to form such an atmosphere within our heart that would be able to become a fortress for God in order to provide God legitimate grounds to be our fortress. And such an atmosphere is called to be the good soil of our heart capable of receiving the seed of the preached to us word of God so that in the name of God deliver we can grow the fruit that is according to the nature of seed we have received. An independence of our choice and following that choice decisions and actions will determine if God will become our fortress or the opposite will become our revenger and our hater. And this choice is our decision to either carry responsibility for our calling and our selection, or the opposite, refuse to carry responsibility for our calling and our selection and draw the wrath of God upon ourselves. Therefore, if we don't make a decision and will not take upon ourselves the responsibility to fulfill the agreed-upon bias obligations in our covenant that we made with God, God will not have any grounds or reason to help us or to be our fortress. And he knelt down and prayed, Jesus, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The prayer begins with the will of the Son of the Son of God, he expresses his desire to the Heavenly Father. And this phrase does not give him the proper basis or right 
to approach his father, to enter into the fortress of his father. And then he takes this phrase back and says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This short phrase immediately allowed him to enter into the fortress of God and an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Luke 22, 41 through 43. Looking at the given testimony, we could see that to create an, atmos- an atmosphere that would provide God the ability to help us and give us the power to run to him is the collaborative and everyday work between God and man where a person possessing a sovereign right is able to give God the legitimate basis upon God's strict and indisputable conditions to make his heart a fortress of God. And this will always be <coughs> at, at a near uh, or you becoming getting in contact or getting near to death, as it were, because you'll have to uh, separate. At the same time, God, in response to such goodness and disposition of a person to him, receives the legitimate basis to become a fortress for this man, where this man can run to in, in order to quench his hunger and thirst, in order to get to know God and draw God's favor upon himself in the seat of the kingdom of heaven. <coughs> Considering such a tandem or such a necessary union of God and a man, it becomes vital for us to identify in every aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man, and for this purpose studying our lot in the previous names of God, which is called to be the lot of our salvation, we have come to the necessity to look at a series of questions. First question, what characteristics and criteria identify our inherited lot in the name of God Fortress? Second question, what purpose when it comes to achieving our salvation is our inherited lot in the name of God Fortress called to fulfill? Third question, what price do we need to pay in order to provide God the ability to be our fortress? And fourth question, by what results do we determine that God truly is our fortress in our fulfilling of our calling? First, not having clear and comprehensive answers to these questions, which we can receive by being instructed in the faith, In the strict order in which the body of Christ functions, we will not have any ability to invest our silver in the form of our guarantee of salvation. Second, we will not have any ability to receive a profit in the fruit of righteousness from the guarantee of salvation that has been invested by us if we don't demonstrate a voluntary and indisputable obedience to the word of the man that possesses the authority of a father from God. For all of the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20 Here it's talking about people that have the authority of a father from God, apostles. In a specific format, we've already studied uh, the essence of the first three questions and stopped to look at the fourth question. By what results do we determine that that God truly is our fortress in achieving our calling, consisting of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ in order to make us carriers of the heavenly body? We won't forget that a basis for God giving him the ability to be our fortress is the word that comes out of his mouth that he has magnified within the temple of our body above all of his names and cloaked his word 
into the status of, Im of his immutable law and placed himself in dependence of his word, being vigilant of it so that it be fulfilled in the time appointed by him. When we receive the promise about the adoption of our body and we understand that this is a promise for us, then God looks at this upon our heart so that the reader can easily read it it needs to be written upon our heart and even if he tarries wait it will come in the previous service we in a specific format already looked at four signs by which we can judge that our heart is a fortress for god which gives god the proper basis he needs to be our fortress in achieving our calling consisting of adopting our body by the redemption of christ Fifth result that our heart is a fortress for God and that we are within the fortress of God is evidence of our genealogy from the seed of Jacob. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Psalm 146, 5. We together have looked at this, that God being our fortress, one of the elements of God being our fortress is hope that we have in God. If we do not have evidence that we come from the seed of Jacob, then the God of Jacob is not able to be our help or our hope. Therefore, our heart cannot be then a fortress for God, and consequently, God cannot be our fortress. Considering that not Israelites are not Israelites but it is not that the word of God has taken no effect for they are not all Israel who are of Israel nor all are all they children because they are the seed of Abraham but in Isaac your seed shall be called Romans 9, 6 through 8 those who receive the promise of God <clears throat> they receive it in the form of a seed they will be considered the sons of Jacob. We need to ask the question, by what signs do we determine our genealogy from Jacob? The sign by which we can determine our genealogy from Jacob are the children of promise as the fruits of righteousness grown in the good soil of our heart, which is demonstrated in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. If we have this promise, we received it in the form of a seed. We receive it, we confess it, it's already growing within us, then this means that we have a genealogy from Jacob. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones that of that place and put it at his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the, on the earth, and it its top reached to heaven and there angels of God were ascending and descending on it and behold the Lord God stood ab above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac the land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants also your descendants shall be at the, as the dust of the earth you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east to the north and the south and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed behold I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Genesis 28, 10 through 15. <clears throat> Imagine he received this promise in that moment when he was in fear. He was running from the, because of the fear of death. 
the threats of his brother and the place that was not the place of his rest or the place of his safety, he was in great fear. <clears throat> and suddenly he realizes that the place where he lays <clears throat> is a place that is protected. He saw in his heart this ladder upon which the angels of God ascend and descend <clears throat> and saw the Lord that was speaking to him. <clears throat> and so theologians call it the ladder of Peter. And so you having then in demonstration of virtue, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly love, and all of these elements uh, are, consist or, or make up then this ladder of Peter and angels ascend and descend upon it. And so if you don't have this ladder again, you won't be able to receive the revelation of God. The ladder is the means by which this revelation can come to you. We see Jacob received it when he did not yet have wives or sons or he didn't have wives and sons with him. He was lonely. He was absolutely alone and he was running because he was afraid. He knew that Esau had enough uh, power and will pursue him to kill him. When we resist this old person within us, at this time, the soul is on the side of this old person. He is anointed by God Saul. He is against us. This reigning sin is against us. Of course, Jacob is running in fear. Haran is the place of union or a covenant, the place where Jacob stayed so that he can sleep there. Haran is called the place of the covenant. When he was running from the anger of his brother Esau, representing his soul, that is placed in dependence of reigning sin in his body. The ladder that Jacob saw in Haran that had the angels of God ascending and descending upon it is a covenant that is given to a man upon the ladder, the collaboration of the role of God and the role of man. The promise of land given to Jacob is the symbol of the heavenly body, that our descendants are to inherit, representing the fruits of righteousness and all coming from her unsearch unsearchable goodness of God. We ourselves are not able to inherit. We can inherit this in our sons, in our descendants, and our sons and our descendants are the fruits of our spirit. And so by these fruits of the spirit, we are able to inherit our land, this promised land. The role of Jacob in collaborating with the inheritance of Abraham and Isaac, consisting of inheriting by his descendants the land of promise, consisted in building himself into a house of God upon the place and from everything that God has given to him he gave God a tenth part then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it and he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put on his head 
at his head, set, up, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called that name of the, called the name of that place Bethel. The name of that city had been loosed previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothes, clothes to put on, so then I will come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. Jacob had poured oil upon the stone that he laid upon, that he slept upon, and he made it as a place of remembrance. It turns out when Jacob was running, he had taken oil with him. He had oil with him. And we know what oil is. Oil is a symbol of the Urim and the Thummim. This is the collaboration of the truth and the Holy Spirit. What do you see, God says to the prophet? He says, I see oil that is dripping from the golden vessel. And he, God said, you see it accurately. This is my word to Zerubbabel. Not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, the word and the Holy Spirit, Jacob had these. And so when he was running, he for some reason took with himself, grabbed with himself oil. He understood the significance of this oil. It was first of all food that you can be nourished by. This was the means by which you can anoint your head and your face. And this was the means also for service. If within our heart there is a covenant in the form of the ladder of Jacob upon which the promises relating to adopting our body by the redemption of Christ are clearly imprinted, then this means that we have evidence of coming from the line of Jacob. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.13.14 The sixth result, that our heart is a fortress for God, and we are in the fortress of God, is our ability to confess in prayer that God is our fortress in the land of the living. I cried out to you, O Lord, I said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Psalm 142, 5-7. I cried out to the Lord, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. The situation described by David in the given prayer indicated that although his soul was imprisoned, the soil of his heart remained a fortress for God because it had a partaking to the land of the living that, in the that is the chosen by God remnant, which gave him the right to confess that God is his fortress. The land of the living, a symbol of the body of Christ, the symbol of the bride of the Lamb, that we have a partaking to, that we honor. The prison in which David's soul was <clears throat> were the shackles of reigning sin 
in the form of this old person that lives in his body and holding his soul in slavery or captivity of corrupt desires. Our soul, being in the shackles of reigning sin, cannot praise God until it is freed from the power of corrupt desires living within our body that are stronger than we are. Therefore, to call to God as our fortress is possible only upon one condition, and that is if in our heart we have the faith of God, which is a fortress for God. First, the faith of God abiding within our heart is the revelation of the truth in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart. By such a nature of listening to the preached word about the kingdom of heaven where we are prepared to immediately fulfill the heard word. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? When he says not all, that does not mean everyone did not obey, but some or many have not obeyed the gospel. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 16, 17. And so faith again is information that comes to us by listening to the preached word spoken by prophet Isaiah and God's apostles. And second, the faith of God is the immediate reaction within our heart to specific revelations of the Holy Spirit to fulfill this revelation by the confession of our mouth. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed was withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, he, he says here, do not have your faith, but have the faith of God, then you will have the ability to obey this faith. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. This is the consistency of the faith of God in your heart. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, people not understanding what the faith of God is and what God, our faith is, they say, well, I believe. I was, was speaking with one charismatic pastor. He came here to visit. He was standing at the beach and says, how much do these houses cost approximately? I said 10, maybe million, 15 million. He says, Lord, I want this kind of house and this place. Thank you, Jesus, I receive it. And turns to me and smiles and, and says, it, uh, uh, it will be yours, saying it will be yours. And I, I was surprised at what he had said, of course, and he uh, undoubtedly had probably stated these very uh, things in other places for different things. They, they uh, state their own personal desires, not the desires of God. When you say, Lord, I believe in your promises and I accept them, made within my body, this reigning sin be thrust out, this old person, and may the stronghold of life be erected in my body, amen, thank you. I have it within me. This would be correct because I confess what is God's will. I confess God's promises. God did not promise uh, to give us uh, multi-million dollar houses. We are sojourners, <clears throat> we're sojourners and strangers in, the, in, in this earth and 
He said to the first prophets, he even forbid them from building houses so they not so that they feel that they're uh, strangers, sojourners on this earth. Abraham, they had, and 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 those that are like him had great uh, wealth. They were able to build uh, cities if they wanted to, fortresses, but they didn't do this. They lived in tents, and God said, now go and move over to this area. <clears throat> and he would uh, put his uh, tent together, go to that other location where God would appoint him to go or tell him to go so that God wanted to show this is my land and you are just a, a stranger on this earth because a new heaven and new earth are prepared where you will live and I don't want you to cling to this earth and don't think that God has uh, blessed me above others uh, the greatest of prophets were hungry and walked through the wilderness and they did not have the power of the spirit of poverty over themselves as some uh, state as soon as someone uh, has any sort of poverty or even the likeness of, of being maybe of a more poor state then this is the spirit of poverty that is possessing him as they convince people Therefore I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Math, uh, Mark 11, 24 through 26. In order to confess God's promises that he has given to us, we receive them, we need to have a heart that is able to forgive uh, our brothers and sisters in the faith. We are not obligated to forgive the lawless and the wicked. If you begin to forgive them, then you will share their lot with them in hell. We are called to curse those. And so this is the kind of blessing that the devil will share a portion with these people. So that we not partake with them, we not agree with them to show the Lord, Lord, I am not participating in what they do and what you say about them is what I say about them. But those that are ours in the faith, we need to forgive. And when you ask for anything in prayer, you need to check your heart if you have bitterness there. If you have, then forgiveness is the act of the mind and the will and not emotions. Stand before God and say, Lord, I am obeying your word, and although my emotions want vengeance and are angry and want judgment, I make the decision to forgive my sister, my brother, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And then God says, because you have forgiven, I 
release your sins. Because in order to give you the promise, give us the promise, we need to be without sin. Our heart needs to be clean. According to the existing principle, the faith of God received by us into our heart by the revelation of the Holy Spirit is a fortress for God and is the substance of things hoped for, existing in the realm that is invisible in the visible world. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 First, to ask God for things that are within our heart that are not revelation necessary, that are not a revelation necessary for urgent reaction is a lawlessness that destroys our trustworthy relationship with God because you think that you believe <clears throat> but you, you won't receive. And when you don't receive, your trustworthy relationship with God <clears throat> uh, is ruined. People say, well, God doesn't love me because he says anything you ask, it will be given to you, and he's not giving it to me. <clears throat> Sometimes to ask uh, with faith and prayer if there's some kind of sin, you need to go and confess that sin. When you say to, to God, Lord, I repent, it doesn't work. You need to go and confess that sin, acknowledge God's order within the body of Christ, that you cannot directly confess your sins, that forgiveness of sins can happen by the person whom God has placed to tend his flocks. The one you forgive your sins will be forgiven, the ones you retain the sins will be retained upon them. God does not forgive the sins of men when they just bring it to him, ignoring the person whom he has placed in the body of Christ. He placed him so that he represented his fatherhood. To turn to God in prayer when we have bitterness within our heart is the same lawlessness that destroys our trustworthy relationship with God. Third, confessing the faith of our heart, which is a fortress for God, gives us a strong confidence that we will receive what we ask for. And so you have this faith in your heart. So even if it's withheld in the path, nothing is ruined in my relationship with God. I believe that it will happen no matter how much I have to wait. Fourth, strong assurance or confidence in waiting for what is asked for gives God the proper basis to deliver us from the persecutor that are stronger than we are and lead our soul out of prison in which we were confined by our corrupt desires. Our corrupt desires remain, but because I have the promise that I've received, I hold fast to that and I wait. And the time will come, the moment will come, when you will experience the euphoria of liberty, freedom from sin, from the corrupt desires that are inside, that burn inside. Fifth, the purpose of freedom from the corrupt desires that are burning from the hell of the old person and confined our soul in shackles is to confess the faith of your heart in praising the name of the Most High for delivering your body from the old and corrupt person. Sixth, in result of such favor shown by God, because of the prayer of our faith, the righteous will surround or encircle us. Practically, when David called to the Lord and said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living, he in this way confessed upon the land of the living the faith of his heart that he, from hell, that he died for sin 
and lives for God, proclaiming the non-existent, destroyed stronghold of death within his body as existent. If we, when casting off the old man, when our soul is within prison, in shackles of the desires of the flesh, have within our heart the revelation of the faith of God about the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, then such a faith abiding within our heart is a fortress for God and gives us the legitimate foundation to call God our fortress. Seventh, the result that our heart is a fortress for God and that we are within the fortress of God is our ability to receive Christ into our heart and our ability to place ourselves into Christ. We need to consider also the fact that to receive Christ into your heart and to put ourselves in Him is one act. You can't receive Christ and not simultaneously be in Him. You can't be in Christ and not receive Him into yourself. We will study these individually. Uh, that we will look at, we will first look at the results. We'll, uh, what results will follow or will happen from Christ that is within us or what results will follow from our heart becoming a fortress for God. First, if we, as a result of Christ being within us, our heart becomes a fortress for God, then nobody shall come from among them and their governor shall come from their midst. Then I will cause him to draw near and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledges his heart to approach me? Says the Lord, you shall be my people and I will be your God. Again, only in Jesus Christ can we then approach God. First, if as a result of Christ being within us, our heart becomes a fortress for God, then our body becomes the temple of God in which the Holy Spirit lives. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17. A body in which the Holy Spirit does not live as the Lord and Master of our life is not able to be called and be a temple of God. To be the temple of God means to be led by the Holy Spirit. With, with this we remember that the baptism of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues by itself does not give us the right to be led by the Spirit of God. To, in order to be led by the Holy Spirit, it is necessary to consider and acknowledge over yourself the status of the body of Christ in the form of a specific church of saints and demonstrate within this church the fruit of humbleness by obeying the words of God spoken by the mouth of the apostle whom God has placed. Second, in order to be led by the Holy Spirit, it is necessary to possess the ability not to be a spiritual infant or a spiritual baby anymore that stumbles and is attracted by all winds of teaching, by the trickery of men and their craftiness and deception. Third, in order to be led by the Holy Spirit, it is necessary by being joined and knit together by the con contribution of each member in measure, graft yourself for growth in love. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the keeping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be ch 
children tossed to and from, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Fourth, for the three above mentioned components to be workable, that is right and legit, it is necessary to cast off of yourself the old man with his deeds, putting away all anger, all evil, hypocrisy, and jealousy, and all slander. Fifth, every or after we cast off of ourselves the old person, it is necessary as a newborn baby to love the pure milk of the word so that you can grow by in salvation. We need to love, it is not that we need to love milk, we need to love the word of God as a baby loves milk. <clears throat> Here we're not talking about the uh, food of an infant. We, as an infant loves milk, we need to love the truth or the word. Sixth, getting to know God by loving the pure milk of the word will make us capable of building ourselves into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, so that we can bring spiritual offerings that are acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Let us confirm these uh, identifications with the scripture, place of scripture. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desired the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord who is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 5. <clears throat> It turns out that the children of God are saved but are not yet spiritual people. To become a house of God, they need to bring offerings that are acceptable to God, sacrifices acceptable to God, and you need to build yourself into a house of God to do this. When you build yourself into a house of God, then you can have the Word and the Holy Spirit live inside. You first build the tabernacle and then only were the sacral holy items uh, brought in, the Ark of the Covenant that had the Ten Commandments, that had the Rod of Aaron and Manna, and the Book <coughs> of the Law that laid at the right side of the Ark of the Covenant. And so first you need to build yourself into this house, but you can build yourself by <clears throat> by faith. If a, the above-mentioned conditions will not be fulfilled, Christ will not be able to live in our heart that is filled with all kinds of hate and all kinds of trickery, hypocrisy, jealousy, and slander. And consequently, our heart is in such a state will not be able to become a fortress for God. Because of this, our body will not then be able to become a temple for God where the Holy Spirit lives. Second, if as a result of, of the living within us Christ, our heart becomes a fortress for God, <clears throat> then not only our character but also our body will be transformed into the essence of Christ. My little children from whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you, Galatians 4.19. The phrase, until Christ is formed in you, means until Christ will be formed within you or until you will be transformed and formed into Christ. 
The reason for why Apostle Paul worried within his spirit as birth pains was because those whom he bore by the seed of the preached word about the kingdom of heaven in the liberty of Christ were convinced about or convinced out of this liberty of Christ into the shackles of slavery of the law of Moses because of the unclean zeal of men. If you don't bear children, <clears throat> you will not be saved. You will not have upon your head a covering, a piece of cloth, a hat, whatever it may be that they require, you will not be saved. You understand these are the laws of, of works. If you don't at least bring one person out of the world to Jesus, you will not be saved. And so they say you can't come fruitless before the Lord, so you have to bring at least one soul. And we all used to sing those songs. In our time, I stopped singing these songs. They are in the Soviet Union. They asked me, why aren't you singing these songs? And I said, because this is heritism. This is uh, the fruits are a changed character, not... Uh, not, not bringing people to the Lord. They even have these placards sometimes uh, these, uh, in the charismatic church uh, services, you'll see these placards uh, where they say, where are your 12 people? Where are your 12 disciples that you will bring? And so they yell at the people stating, why are you sitting here? Why aren't you going out in the world bringing your 12 people with you into the service? And so these are the principles of false charismatic services, false teachings uh, that are existing today. <clears throat> when in fact the scriptures speak of a very different thing. Tell me you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by bond, the bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through the promise, which things are symbolic, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in, in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is bondage with her children. But the Jer Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but the free. Galatians 4, 21 through 31. And they say, brethren. And brethren are both sisters and brothers uh, and brothers, uh, males and females, regardless of social position or status. And everywhere where it says brethren, that doesn't mean that God is ignoring the sisters and only turns to the brothers or regards the brothers. He is turning to both brothers and sisters that have the seed of faith, that confess the faith of God. If you don't confess the faith of God, then you are not, his, not a brother. 
And if you confess the faith of God, you are a brother, regardless of whether a male or a female. If we do not have a son-like attitude to the, toward the man that is clothed into a father from God, who, because of love for us, could remain in birth pains for us until we are transformed into Christ, this means that within our heart Christ does not live, and we are not the children of promise by Isaac. And furthermore, our heart has never been a fortress for God, and God has not yet had the proper basis to become our fortress. You see how important it is to have such a person and to correctly have a correct attitude toward him. Third, if in result of the living within us Christ, our heart becomes a fortress for God, we will have the ability and the need to seek God within ourselves. With my soul, I will desire you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, that the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Isaiah 26, 9. Night is not as much a time frame as much as it is the atmosphere and place of knowing God and his revelations when God opens the truth that was previously placed and kept in the heart of a man. This night is a place and atmosphere of the unapproachable light within the entrails of our sacred person that has been grown into full measure of growth in Christ, who is a fortress for God in which God finds his rest, where his promises find rest. And night is also the state where a person is submerged into a deep sleep and his mind is not able to uh, pretty much work any information. And this state is where God in the entrails of the human spirit uh, imprints his elementary instruction in the soul of a man. A dream is where it says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ear of man and seals the their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword job 33 14 through 18 at the same time the phrase by my spirit i will seek you in inward part from early morning means that the spirit of a man that has been grown into full measure of growth in christ becomes a fortress for god to seek within the in, inner man, within, within. And so if God is there, then I can run to my spirit. And my spirit then becomes a fortress for God, <coughs> where a person not here on earth receives the ability to seek God and worship, or here on earth is able to seek God and to worship God and get to know God and his word. A person on earth receives this ability to know and get to know God and his word. To better understand the cooperation of the sacred person whom is a fortress for God and God being a fortress for us, <clears throat> we will look at the final phrase. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. Psalm 19.2 Understandably, before day unto day passes information as a revelation from God, it is necessary to create that atmosphere in which night to night would be able to reveal knowledge and revelations. The spirit of a man that has come into full measure of growth in Christ and built into a temple of God is the aspect of the spirit that is called night. 
This night is constant. It is not linked to the physical night that we have here. This is a very different form of a night. This is the aspect of the spirit where God abides and desires to dwell in his darkness. This unapproachable light God reveals to our night the knowledge of his will. Where is our calling and the ability to fulfill the methods of fulfilling this calling? And so specifically the aspect of our spirit calling it night where God desires to abide and in this darkness from the night in the unapproachable light God reveals into our night this truth. The next aspect of our spirit is called day where upon the southern side we see the uh, lamp and it has seven branches and it comes and it shines and uh, provides light to the uh, bread of uh, table of showbreads. Not looking at the fact that this is the aspect of the spirit that shines its light with the golden lamp. This is called day. The light of this day is, again, in the spirit that passes on information that was received in the night, which then is passed on to our mind, which is renewed by the spirit of our mind. Such a sacral and holy cooperation can happen, collaboration can happen on only those saints that have been grown into full measure of growth in Christ or have built themselves into a house of prayer. And for this kind of category, conversation or communication with God and in this kind of cooperation within an order of God is the most, the greatest and most uh, accepting of food without which uh, which they, a person cannot even imagine living without. When we're talking about desire, David says that he desired the Lord. That's to hunger for, to yearn for, to seek, to wait for, to tremble, to stand on guard of, to watch for, to receive knowledge, to find uh, something that is wonderful and to uh, bring forth your life uh, and present it upon the altar of the Lord. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Habakkuk 2.1 If a person is not in the state where he is in the night to receive these revelations, then this means that uh, Christ does not live. Uh, Christ does not live there, but uh, Mammon lives there instead. And one more result for today, fourth result, if in, in the result of living within us Christ, our heart becomes a fortress for God, then while testing and studying ourselves, examining ourselves, we will discover within ourselves Christ. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the, in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? 2 Corinthians 13.5 First of all, to examine and to uh, test yourselves as to whether you are in the faith in which Christ can live will be by the conscience that is cleansed from dead works by the way of total 
sanctification where the law of grace is imprinted and the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ is imprinted and the Holy Spirit reveals this truth in our heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from sin and blot out all, my iniqui all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 51, 7 through 10. Without such a yearning and desire and plea that is turned to God, cleansing our conscience from dead works are sanctification will only appear as a religious uh, form of some kind and some kind of act that is not acceptable to God. The next way to examine and to study ourselves, whether we whether Christ is abiding within our heart is to ask the question of whether we have total dedication to the service of God where we are called to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ so that our body would within our body we can uh, have reigning Christ and we may be transformed into him or into his image if our conscience by being instructed in the faith being cleansed from dead works by total uh, sanctification where by the cross of the Lord Jesus we can deny our nation the house of our father and our corrupt desires and we by being instructed in the faith will not imprint upon the tablets of our heart the elementary teaching of Christ and the twelve foundations of the walls of the new Jerusalem and the twelve pearly gates within our heart then Christ cannot live within us. And furthermore, our heart will not be able to live in God. Amen. Let us pray. And let us thank God for the word that we were able to receive today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again and again I thank you for the privilege to be in fellowship with your saints. Only in this fellowship are you able to reveal yourself and your love, and only in this fellowship can you give us the ability to get to know you in your precious promises that make us partakers of your essence. We thank you that you have made us worthy to hear this word and you have called us to this banquet. We thank you for the wedding clothes that you have put on to us so that we can upon this banquet rejoice. We thank you for the justification which has become our own. We thank you and we glorify you. The devil has no more place within our heart or our mind because we are justified because of the grace, the redemption in Jesus Christ. And having invested our silver, our salvation, we receive it back 
in your justification. May the works of the devil be destroyed in every individual uh, person's life that hears these words. May illnesses and weaknesses be cursed within our body. And may your healing arise, may it come as the sun that rises and in its rays healing may be for every one of us. And I thank you that we have received this healing and we already consider ourselves healed and we proclaim the not existent as existent, thanking you, our God and Father in Jesus Christ and worshiping before you, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father in heaven, <clears throat> hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. <clears throat> and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so everything that may happen in the life here, it may be difficult and in pain. Do not lose hope and faith in the living God. And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.